Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Well, hey there. Welcome to Cover Your Assets KC. We've got another great podcast on the way today. Walter Storholt here with you alongside David Dickens, President, Wealth Advisor at KC Financial Advisors, office in Overland Park. We're online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. And on today's show, we're going to be answering some listener questions, one of our favorite kinds of shows that we do here on the podcast. David, it is great to be with you once again. How have you been the past few weeks? Uh, pretty good. Getting a good start off on the new year, and um, and I'm excited about today. You mentioned one of our this is our one of our favorite formats, but I've been getting a lot of really good uh, listener questions, and so picked out three today that I thought would be kind of fun and hopefully uh, instructive for our listeners. So yeah, we'll see what it brings. I think some of these came in response to our series that we did on the financial New Year's resolutions. If you missed that to kick off your year. Not too late to implement some resolutions or some goals for 2022, so go back and check out the past two episodes for sure, and uh, check out a big list of New Year's resolutions that we covered. So I've got three questions for David today, and if you want to submit a question ever to be featured on a future show, you can email David, ddickens at kcfa.com. We've got questions on today's show about net worth, credit card debt, and our first question here from Jeff, who says, I'm 30 years old married and no kids. Do I need life insurance, David? And if so, how much? Yeah, so uh, this came from, uh, I think it was number six on our 2022 um, New Year's resolutions, and it was basically protect your family from catastrophic risk. So Jeff asks a really good question that I get from a, a lot of younger people. Do I even need life insurance? And what they're really asking is, do I have an insurable risk here? So there are a lot of different reasons from your 30s to your 70s to have life insurance because it's a tool that performs certain, certain benefits for you in your financial life. Uh, but the, the type of insurance that you might need in any of those age categories is different. So what Jeff is asking, I believe, is do I have an insurable interest? I'm 30 years old, married, but no kids. I, I'm not sure I even need it. And if I do, how would I even measure that? And so here's the answer, Jeff. It's very possible that you don't need life insurance right now. Questions I would ask is, are, uh, is your spouse employed? And let's just assume your, your spouse is female. Do you guys earn about the same? Does she have a job that is very uh, secondary because maybe you're planning on starting a family and you, have the, you get to make the big bucks? If that's the case, well, maybe you do have an insurable interest because if you were to get hit by a bus, tomorrow or next week, you wouldn't want to leave her in a financial lurch. But let's just say that you don't have a mortgage, you don't own a house, you're currently renting a place, and you both eh, make pretty good livings, you're both career people. I might just argue that you do not need life insurance because if you were to get hit by a bus tomorrow, she is probably, other than extremely sad, she's likely not in a worse financial situation because you don't have any long-term obligations she couldn't get out of quickly. But once you have kids, or once you have a, a, a nice big mortgage on your new house, then it all changes. It goes flips right on its head. And I would say you do have a significant insurable interest. And the reason you do is, let's just say that your wife decides once you have kids, she, she takes a step back and maybe works part-time or, or has a job she can do from home. But it wouldn't nearly cover the living expenses that you're going to have over the 20 or 25 years that your kids are going to be in your house being raised. 
At that point, if you get hit by a bus, well, there's a dramatic hole, a financial hole that has been dug and somebody's gonna have to get out of it. And, and one way to do that is to have a big chunk of tax-free money coming to your spouse because in the form of a life insurance payout. So that's super important. Uh, if she dies, let's say that you, uh, you have kids or you have a big mortgage and she dies, do you need a big chunk of tax-free money coming into your new household? Well, that's possible. So you'd wanna look at whether or not you would need to insure both of your lives, whether there's an insurable interest there. How much? What kind of your backup question? Well, I've always, uh, in probably five or six times in the years we've been doing this podcast, I have mentioned a particular website. I'm going to mention it right now. It's called bankrate.com slash insurance. And when you type that into your browser, you're going to come up to bankrate.com and there's going to be a, a button. Uh, as I recall, it's in the center right. And it's going to say life insurance calculator. And click on that. These people, they don't advertise to you. It's it's not, a, it's not a scammy website. It's really, really good. It's very practical. And it's going to ask you a series of five or six questions. It's going to help them calculate, well, how much should you have to have? And so I'd encourage you to go there, Jeff. Uh, if you answer all the questions, it might come up. I've never actually tried this. I should have before this podcast. It might come up with zero. But if you have um, a mortgage, uh, if you're young, if you got a couple of kids, it's probably going to come up with a fairly big number, like north of a million, maybe two or two and a half million. At that point, what you're probably going to say is, wow, could I even afford that? And the answer is absolutely. A million bucks for a 30-year-old male term life insurance is probably about 40 bucks a month. Super cheap because the life insurance companies know the probability of you actually dying is very low. But if it happens to you, then your family could be in a seriously big financial hole. So it's super cheap to have that insurance. So that's the way I would encourage you, Jeff, to go about it. Make sure you find out if you have an insurable interest. And then in my world, the way I've run my life and the way I encourage my clients to do is look for some super cheap term life insurance that will provide that safety net just in case the unthinkable does happen and you don't come home one night. I think it's a great question and one that everybody should be asking, Jeff. I mean, you're already doing the hard work, and that's asking the questions and uh, digging in to get those answers. So that's a good one. Thank you for sending that one in to us. Life insurance, often one of the conversation starters that brings people in to chit-chat with David about their financial situation. And uh, as you can see, leads to other things that you need to think about and talk about and discuss and explore. And so uh, great job on that one. If you have similar questions for David, want to set up time to meet for a review of your financial financial situation, talk insurance, and other financial and retirement planning topics, never hesitate to reach out. You can touch base by calling 913-317-1414 or go online to coveryourassetskc.com. All right, let's go to a question here from Angie. This one's a little bit lengthier, so uh, I'll take this one slowly, David. Angie says, I finally paid off my credit card debt two years ago and am never going back there again. Exclamation point there. Uh, congrats, Angie. I have a small emergency fund set up, but I've never actually created a monthly budget. It seems too rigid for my personality. Do I need to budget my expenses monthly in order to succeed financially? So full and fair disclosure, I actually know Angie. And we had, we've had this conversation. And I'm first of all, I'm super proud of her for getting rid of that credit card debt. 
Uh, and she's very excited. And Walter, you mentioned her exclamation point about never going back there again. And I'm pretty convinced that she won't go back there again to get in the credit card debt. The question of whether or not you should have a budget, I think has a lot to do with your individual personality. So they can seem like something that you have to pay slavish attention to. And most times that's not the case. So here's what I would encourage anybody listening to this who might be in a similar situation to Angie, and this is exactly what I told her, is that if you find yourself where uh, two or three, four years ago, she absolutely needed to because she had to come up with extra money every month to pay down that credit card debt. But today, maybe, you know, if you, if you might need to have a, a fairly solid budget process if you're not saving 10% of what you make, let's say into your company 401k, if you sometimes run short between paychecks, that means that you know, you're, you're really close to riding the line between needing to dip in to, for instance, a credit card in order to cover your monthly expenses. If that's the case, you need to identify, a budget will help you identify why that is. Now, Angie happens to be a young person, but this is, this is important if you're in your 50s and you're still trying to catch up with retirement savings, or maybe you're in your 70s and you're now on a fixed income and you didn't save enough for your own retirement having that budgeting process in place can be super important to help you identify where is money leaching out of my checking account every month such that I can't quite make it. And I'm always coming up a little bit short. But I would say you probably don't need to budget. If you are saving 10%, probably in a 401k or maybe in a, in a Roth at work, maybe in your, in your IRA, I would say you probably don't if you have extra money left over after every pay period. I would say you probably don't if you've got those two things in place and you've built up a nice emergency fund. And that would, in most cases, be six months of living expenses set off to the side where it's not going to get eaten up by a, a bad stock market. So those three things, saving 10%, saving regularly, having extra money in your checking account and have an emergency fund, that's evidence to me that you're living within your means. Again, whether you're in your 20s or 30s or 70s, that's evidence that you're living within your means and you probably don't have a problem with overspending. And if that's the case, you know what? You can loosely budget your money. I had a meeting with a, with a client just this week and we're talking about his retirement budget, so to speak. These people are pretty unlikely to ever burn through all of their money. But once you don't have a paycheck, when you're retired, it's kind of hard to know whether you're on track with your plan or not. So what I suggested to him and to a lot of my retired clients is, let's put money into your checking account based on your plan from your, you know, your brokerage account or your savings account or whatever. And if you spend through that every month, well, then you might have a problem. If you come up with extra every month, well, then you're spending less than what your retirement budget said you should do. Either way, if you're in your 30s or 70s, having a, a good feel for how money run through, runs through your checkbook is super important to helping you understand whether you are living above or below your means. It's not necessary for a lot of people to have a strict budgeting process but it can really be helpful 
to a whole lot of Americans who can't seem to make their money last as long as their wants do every two weeks between paychecks. So again, Angie, super proud of you. I don't, I don't think that you need to go heavily into the budgeting process. But frankly, if you do that for uh, six months or a year, you'll know a lot about your personal finances more than you do right now. And some people find that extremely helpful to go through that process. Some people find it helpful to maintain that process. Find a thing that works for you, but just make sure that you don't come up short between every paycheck. And then I think you're in a good spot because you'll be able to save that money on a systematic basis for your own retirement. And you'll have an emergency fund built up for whatever comes along that you can't see coming. And Angie, you did a great job getting out of that credit card debt. And that shows me right there that your personality, you know, that takes diligence to do that most of the time. So uh, well done. And then even more diligence to not go back into credit card debt, because it's one thing to get out of it. It's another thing to stay out of it. And you've done both, which is uh, fantastic. Uh, You've probably got the personality to maybe not do the monthly budget, but at least dig in a little deeper to help you succeed financially. So great tips there from David to help you out. And congratulations once again. All right, one more question for you, David. This one comes to us from Carl. And a quick reminder, you can email your questions to David to be featured on a future show, or you can ask them privately, of course, as well. That's always an option. Not going to force you to feature it on the show if you don't want to. But ddickens at kcfa.com is the email address. And Carl has our final question of this episode. I just calculated my second annual net worth statement, and it grew a lot from last year. And I also bought my fiance a pretty nice diamond. We're getting married next summer. Can I put that ring on my list of assets? Oh, interesting question. <laughs> that is a pretty good question. First of all, Carl, congrats on having two years of net worth statements under your belt. I'm going to bet that 20 or 30 years from now, you're going to be able to look at, back on those with a big smile because it sounds like you are well on your way to creating the financial future that you want. Congrats on the growth. You know, it was a good year in the stock market, but there's going to be a couple of two or three or four years over the next 30 or 40 where your net worth will actually go down. So celebrate when it goes up. You've probably looked last year over this year and figured out why it went up. And that's a really powerful thing. And then finally, no, (laughs) you can't put that ring on your net worth statement because you put that ring on her finger. Now, next January, you can put it on your net worth statement because you will be a household of two. (laughs) But right now, you're separate households. So you shouldn't put that, that value of the ring on your net worth statement. So a little bit of, of humor there. I thought that question was, was kind of funny when I got it. But the takeaway for me is not, it's not about the ring, uh, but that Carl is really in control at this point of his financial life. You know, he, he sounds like a guy who probably has some intermediate and some long-term goals set up for his net worth. And that's when looking back, using myself as an example, I've got 30 years of net worth statements and goals. And to look back at some of those goals, they were so small compared to where things are now. But having goals that you're always chasing in whatever part of your life, but I think, especially financially, that's what helps you get you know, to overachieve, hopefully, the goals you set as a younger person. So goals are super important. And one, I probably said this on a podcast before, I don't exactly remember. I don't know who said this, but if you don't know where you're going, then any road will do. And so that's why I think it's so important to set up goals 
financially so that you do know where you're trying to get to. And my guess is that with some good goals, a little bit of determination, and maybe a little bit of good fortune along the way, you're going to meet and exceed the goals that you set out today. So congrats, Carl. It sounds like that at least these three listeners um, pulled something away from our six goals for um, setting resolutions. So I'm excited about that. Hopefully there was something in there for our our wide spectrum of of ages that listen to these podcasts. So that was my goal, and it sounds like we um, got some of that done. Speaking of goals, Walter, I just want to uh, plant a little seed about next week's podcast. You mentioned kind of in a throwaway fashion, I believe it was in our first podcast of the two. You mentioned... (laughs) almost dismissively, oh yeah, I lost 95 pounds over the last year. (laughs) And I had two different listeners that go, wait a minute, Walter lost 95 pounds? And so next week, what we're going to do is I've created a little podcast called Three Similarities Between Retirement Planning and Losing Weight. And Walter, I'm hopeful that we can glean some knowledge and some excitement about how you achieved that goal and draw some parallels uh, to financial planning. So I'm excited about next week as well. I think that'll be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to it, David. It'll be great. Yeah, Hopefully was, not it, putting you on the spot. It was, it was Eddie, a but casual. I, it was a casual 95. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, it happens all the time. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, no, I look forward to it. I'll be uh, I'll be an open book, and hopefully it'll be helpful to somebody. And hey, uh, a lot of us deal with uh, weight issues and, and weight loss goals and challenges and things like that. So maybe it'll be helpful for folks who are going through you know those similar challenges and struggles, as well as let's get some financial uh, relevance out of it as well. I, I think it'll be a lot of fun to draw some comparisons between the two. So I'm totally game, David, and uh, we'll, we'll put <laughs> it on I the I think books. it'll be fun. Yeah. Next week, come back and join us for that conversation. Uh, in the meantime, if you've got your own questions for David, David, always reach out uh, when it's convenient for you at 913-317-1414 or go online to coveryourassetskc.com. Lots of ways to get in touch there as well. Fantastic questions today. Thank you, Jeff, Angie, and Carl. And we'll talk to everybody next time right back here on the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Investment advisory services offered through ChangePath LLC, a registered investment advisor. ChangePath LLC and KC Financial Advisors are separate companies.